the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The noon hour on Thursday means a conversation with Matt Mayer of OpportunityOhio.org. Always excited to have him on. You can follow Matt on Twitter at OhioMatt. His website, OpportunityOhio.org. And Matt is also exploring a run for governor on the Republican side of the ticket in 2026. You can read about that, his detailed policy paper at OhioMatt.com. So I wanted to get your view of the householder Borges convictions I didn't follow this thing on a daily basis because it's just really a hard thing to relate on radio. But obviously there's corruption that was going on and they both were found guilty. And I wonder what this means, if anything, for the Republican Party in general and how business is done at the state house in Ohio or with Republican Party politics. Yeah, I mean, I think it probably won't impact how things are done today much because, you know, the system is so rigged for, you know, kind of the establishment and so rigged towards incumbents that, you know, they're not going to change anything that's going to risk them losing power. And, and that's why, you know, one of the things we've got to do is reform the political system here so that we don't have people like Larry Householder, who was great, who's part of the legislature, you know, 30, 40 years ago, came back. And you've got people that, you know, are there now that have been in there for 30 years, despite the fact that we had passed term limits in the early 90s. They've evaded that because, you know, they jumped back and forth between the House and Senate and, and rigged themselves in by cutting deals with people to get to stay in office. And that's why I think one of the key reforms we've got to do is put in a 20-year time limit in, instead of a term limit. And that means, you know, once you hit the legislature, your clock starts ticking. You've got 20 years to get what you want done. And once you're done, you're out. I think that will curb the ability of people like Larry Householder uh, and some of these other folks that come in there and find a way to stay for a very long time. And they just accumulate more and more power as they kind of stay there longer because more people owe them chits. They deep, create deeper ties with big big corporations or big labor. And so that's what kind of, that's what you see, that's what you think you see uh, is, is playing out with the Borges and householder convictions uh, down in Cincinnati. It does seem weird to me, though, that we have uh, guys who were power brokers on the Republican Party and unmistakably a huge scandal, millions of dollars, and yet, the Republican Party dominates in the last election. Mike DeWine, who they certainly could have tied this to him because it happened during his watch. Uh, he's he's fine, too. I mean, and maybe he should be fine. I don't know. But it just seems odd to me, like if you would just outline it on paper. Hey, there's going to be top guys in the Republican Party get indicted in this big scandal. And everybody hates big businesses and lining the pockets of politicians. And yet the Republican Party strengthened its hold pretty much everywhere you look around the state of Ohio. Yeah, I mean, you know, they won supermajorities in the legislature, and DeWine Houston got reelected. But look, yeah, they, they are tied to this. I mean, they're, you know, John Houston was sending texts to the, the head of, of, of uh, the energy company involved in the bailout. Uh, so we did we, we do something illegal like Householder and Borges apparently did and were convicted on? No, but was he around the stench? Sure. I mean, you can't, you can't fathom that a bill as big as House Bill 6 in the bailout that happened was done without Mike DeWine, the governor, and John Houston, lieutenant governor, not involved in that happening. And so, of course, they were involved. 
that just doesn't mean they did anything illegal, but the stench is definitely there. Uh, that 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 as well as other folks that are still in the legislature that that weren't indicted because they didn't do the bribery RICO stuff that that uh, Larry Householder and Matt Porges did. And you know, it's interesting. One of the things I, I don't know if you've seen, maybe you've seen it, but boy, John Kasich sure is bug on quiet about his good friend Matt Borges. Uh, could be curious to see if he can run his mouth on CNN like he does all the time on Donald Trump when you know Donald Trump hasn't been convicted of anything, but his good buddy Matt Borges has been. So I'd love to hear John Kasich's comment on this. Well, I uh, I certainly don't follow the former governor at all on a daily basis, and I uh, haven't heard from him, and I consider <laughs> I consider that a good day when I have not. Matt Mayer is our guest. He's with OpportunityOhio.org. You can follow Matt on Twitter, at OhioMatt. And uh, State of Michigan, I, I, this is so funny to me, that some people are putting up uh, Gretchen Whitmer as a possible replacement for Kamala Harris, or as maybe even somebody who could run for president someday. Uh, to me, the state of Michigan is a train wreck, and you say they're doing something with right to work. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Michigan there looks like they're going to repeal the right to work law that got passed in 2012. Uh, in Michigan, which was a big move that allowed Michigan to start kind of becoming more competitive and viable for big manufacturing stuff outside of of the big three automakers that are going to put stuff there because they're already heavily invested, right? I think, though, what's bad for Michigan is potentially great news for Ohio. If Ohio in that supermajority can get a get a backbone, they could pass right to work here, it would put Ohio in the same league with Indiana, Kentucky, and West Virginia, as well as the South and West, where we could be more competitive for those big manufacturing opportunities uh, that won't come here because we're, we're unionized. And, and so if Michigan goes back, then that means Michigan will join Pennsylvania in that blue union wall that goes from essentially Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, all the way to Maine. And, you know, you look at the, that kind of upper Midwest to the, to the Northeast and all those States are dying on the vine. They're, you know, they're losing people, they're losing jobs. And so, you know, if Michigan wants to go backwards, too bad for them, but boy, opportunity here for Ohio if we can get some political leadership to, to get right to work past in Ohio. Matt Mayer, OpportunityOhio.org. You can read his position paper on an exploratory run for governor at his website, OhioMatt.com. I said yesterday that the whole Watergate scandal started with stories buried inside the Washington Post and then became a national story and a story that 50 years later still resonates. Uh, the James Comer House Oversight Committee investigation of Hunter Biden has already gotten way more attention than Watergate did in its infancy. But the mainstream media is doing everything that it can to ignore this story. But we got now uh, the Treasury having to disclose to Comer all these, you know, suspicious activity reports. And I think, you know, the same mantra of Watergate could eventually lead to this Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. It's a Joe Biden investigation via Hunter Biden. The whole mantra of Watergate was follow the money. And that appears to be what James Comer and his committee are doing in this case. Yeah, look, you know, suspicious suspicious activity reports, they're called SARS, right? Those are, Treasury gets those from banks. When the banks notice deposits coming that that appear suspicious. And and there were over 100 issued involving the Biden family over the last decade, and, and, and James Comer is finally getting his hands on those. And what he's saying is, it looks to him like th- this is broader than just Hunter Biden and James Biden and Joe Biden, that there are six to seven Biden family members that were part of this worldwide kind of money uh, selling access corruption stuff. And, and so, you know, the big question is going to be, you know, can, can Comer 
nobody cares about Hunter Biden, frankly, right? But can Comer tie the money coming from, you know, Chinese backed companies and in, in, in Intel groups that came into the Biden family back to Joe Biden? Because that's where the corruption becomes, right? That puts us in a position that we're in deep trouble, especially if this was occurring while he was vice president. And there's lots of stuff that Miranda Devine in Laptop from Hell has already documented where Joe Biden was meeting as vice president with Hunter Biden's clients, with the Chinese folks, with the Russians, with the Ukrainians, where that money was then being put, you know, money was then wired into to Hunter Biden's account. And as, you know, Tony Bobolinsky said, you know, in 10 percent 10, 10 for the big guy and the big guy, as, as Bobolinsky testified to the FBI, is Joe Biden. So this is getting more and more interesting. It's getting closer and closer to the Oval Office. And as you said, that's what happened with Watergate. And, and it's just a matter of drip, drip, drip until we get to the the gusher that that pins us on Joe Biden, and then he's going to have some real problems. I got to say, Matt, I was listening to a National Review podcast yesterday, the editors, and I know these guys are never Trumpers, and uh, I don't share. Oh, they're horrible. Yeah, I don't share all their politics, but I was stunned that uh, one of their things was they kind of do this either or choice at the end of the podcast, and they were given the choice. Would you rather be Joe Biden? Would you rather be Donald Trump? Would you rather be Joe Biden? Would you rather be Ron DeSantis? And they all took Biden, not in terms of aligning with him policy-wise, but in terms of his electability, which I if that happens, I mean, first of all, it's, the jig is up. We'll never get a lot of this wokeness out of our culture if you give uh, that administration four more years. But I was stunned at that. Uh, Trump, I get because I think he just alienates a lot of people. But on DeSantis, I was I was stunned at that, that they all took Biden over DeSantis and Trump. I think you have to really dig into the 2016, 2020 elections to understand why they're probably saying that, and I didn't listen to the podcast, but, but look, when you are a Republican, and I don't care if that's George W. Bush, Donald Trump, Mitt Romney, John McCain, Ron DeSantis, you get hit from the media, which is mostly right mainstream media that they're not mainstream, but it's like the major broadcast networks, the, the newspapers, you get hit with 80% negative coverage. While the Democrat, don't care who it is, Bill Clinton, right? But Barack Obama, Joe Biden, it doesn't matter. You get 80% positive news. So, so, so you, you already start the race with an 800-pound weight on your back. And that only gets more and more as the media digs into whatever they think they can do that hurts you. They suppress what might hurt them, ignore what might hurt them. And so that's where you get into the system is rigged kind of sense. sense. And that's what I think they're looking at is it, it doesn't matter what happens to Joe Biden. The media the entertainment industry, right? They're all going to cover for Biden and do everything they can to go after the Republican. It's, this, it's the way this works. And that's why people say, oh, you know, we should do a moderate person in there. You know, a moderate will win. Well, the moderate will essentially turn away conservatives and the left's going to go after the moderate like McCain and Romney, like they did anybody else. They, they don't care who the Republican is. They're going to take them down because they are, they're opposed to conservative Republican pol- politicians, period. That's why I think they probably said that is because the, the, the Democrat goes in with such a huge advantage because of that bias. Yeah, no doubt. You're absolutely right on that. Uh, that's why I enjoy having you on. Matt Mayer, OpportunityOhio.org, his website, Exploring a Run for Governor, OhioMad.com. Thanks for your time. Talk to you again next week. Hey, thanks. It is not a happy anniversary. It is nevertheless... An anniversary three years ago today. We adopted 15 days to slow the spread. 15 days to slow the spread. We shut everything down. We shut down the NBA season, the hockey season, the NCAA basketball tournaments, uh, this 
state. Uh, I think we'd already shut down the state basketball tournaments because we didn't have a girls tournament that year. Uh, so uh, I'm glad that's behind us. I hope it never, ever comes back. But you never know. With Democrats in control, uh, it could come back because hey, they found out they really, really, really like power. And COVID became a means for them to exercise their power. I mean, after all, they got rid of one of the most effective policy presidents of all time over COVID. Without COVID, Donald Trump wins re-election. And uh, we would have the uh, loud, shrieking, shrill voices of Antifa and others screaming and yelling their nonsense about gender this and that and colonial this and that and systemic oppression this and that and climate change and all that. But they wouldn't have the power of the federal government and all of its agencies as they do now. So it's important that we uh, get rid of that because uh, becoming addicted to power, well, that's the hardest addiction to break of all. And you can see the lust for power in the way that the left now is trying to police all things, including language. Did you know that? The word woke itself is now in the crosshairs of leftists. Yes, they say that woke is, well, it's kind of the new N-word, according to them. Nobody says, nor should they, the N-word. It's a slur, it's vile, it's ugly. But they are saying that if you use the word woke, it is because you really want to use the N-word And this is just a way for you to skirt around the issue. Um, No, as is typically the case, uh, leftists do not speak for conservatives. And when they attempt to, they are certainly not going to tell you the truth. So do not listen to that. Continue to use the word because, let's be honest, since it bothers them that much, uh, why would we stop using it? And the reason why it bothers them that much is because it is a perfect description of crazy ideas wrapped in nonsensical language, indefensible concepts. And so I will not stop using the word woke. Not even close. I probably will use it a little bit more. But we see their uh, endless desire to extrapolate racism to all things brought to the ridiculous place that Even if you now are organized, you're an organized person, like you don't have mounds and mounds and mounds of stuff on your desk. Let's say you're a highly organized person. Uh, Well, you are a racist. This, according to Loyola University Chicago marketing professor Jenna Drenton, who, in observance of what has become a TikTok trend to put your organized pantry on TikTok and celebrate your organizational skills, either from, what, the container store or Crate and Barrel or wherever, Uh, Jenna Drayton writes that uh, glamorizing and stylizing home organization, a place for everything and everything in its place, isn't just a mantra, it's big business. Nowhere is this more evident than the kitchen pantry. As someone who studies digital consumer culture, when we talk about your narrow fields of study, She says, I have noticed an uptick in glamorized, stylized, and fully stocked pantries on TikTok and Instagram, giving rise to a content genre I dub party porn. She says that uh, 
organization became a status symbol common to middle-class homes in the 20th century, and that modern celebrity culture has made the pantry a status symbol once again. And she says that storing spices in coordinated glass jars and color-coordinating dozens of sprinkle containers may seem trivial, but tidiness is tangled up with status, and messiness is loaded with assumptions about personal responsibility and respectability. Cleanliness has historically been used as a cultural gatekeeping mechanism to reinforce status distinctions based on a vague understanding of niceness. Nice people with nice yards and nice houses make for nice neighborhoods. What lies beneath the surface... Oh, see, now we're going to get to the really evil part. What lies beneath the surface of this anti-messiness, pro-niceness stance is a history of classist racist, and sexist social structures. In my research, influencers who produce pantry porn are predominantly white women who demonstrate what it looks like to maintain a nice home by creating a new status symbol, the perfectly organized, fully stocked pantry. Wow. I got a bunch of Olentangy tiger moms who are on their knees right now <laughs> repenting of their organized pantries. Well, I guess I'm safe because my pantry is just kind of like, where the heck is that cinnamon now? <laughs> Unreal. The levels to... Uh, did I not say Whoa. an hour ago that the Democrats were in a concerted effort to tear down every institution in America? Like... They'll go after Abe Lincoln and George Washington. They will go after your pantry and everything in between, which is pretty much everything. (laughs) Unbelievable what they are targeting as racist, sexist, homophobic, and now pantry porn. Wow. Um, This seems like a pretty good time to segue to a piece that I saw today in the uh, Columbus Dispatch. And I'm glad it's in the Columbus Dispatch because the fact that it is in the Columbus Dispatch pretty much guarantees that no one will see it. Uh, It is written by, and I kid you not, a 20-year professor at Ohio State who I researched a little bit and found out that he is an open socialist and a proud advocate for social justice. He also appears on a website called Canary Mission, which is a pro-Israel site, this guy is so deep in support for terrorists and uh, support for Hamas, which is a terrorist organization. Um, And, of course, the dispatch gives him a platform. Now, what do they give him a platform for? Well, of course, to criticize the proposed House bill, Senate bill, rather, 83, that would rein in wokeness on college campuses. This guy's fighting for his survival, man. He sees the waves of common sense overwhelming him. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.